All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different than we've done in the past. Uh, some of you might remember my friend, Johnny Parker. Johnny, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, great to be back with you, John. We did this amazing episode about unlocking the story within you. Johnny, you have such an incredible past and history and what psychology and therapy and coaching and just just this life of excellence. But man, you've had some up and downs coming from uh, uh, where you grew up in Baltimore and what you've accomplished. And uh, we have Eric Benson, Air Force Colonel, I somebody I have the most incredible respect for. Eric, you were part of our 40-day prayer challenge. I know many people in our audience, you had this incredible prayer for the next Cornelius. And uh, thanks for being on here also, Eric. Yeah, pleasure to be here. And uh, I have to say during the last year of my military career, you were the voice of my commute because I think I listened to about 100 of your podcasts going back and forth to Offutt Air Force Base. So pleasure to be here today. Offutt Air Force Base. And that's where my whole family, they're all in Omaha because, as you know, my brother-in-law was a doc in the Air Force. And then we have Terry Lynn Miller, and uh, what an amazing background you have, Terry Lynn, because we're going to we really wanted to bring in a couple different views into, well, uh, Terry Lynn, your background, government, you've been in business, you've done a lot of work around um, city transformation. And you and I, before we hit record, we were talking about the neuroscience of trauma. Think about that, folks, the neuroscience of trauma. Why were Terry Lynn and I talking about the neuroscience of trauma? You know why? Every single one of you out there, if you're like me, you are experiencing trauma. Here's something we kind of pointed out is how, you know, think about the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, joy, you know, patience, just what are those fruits of the spirit? And are we experiencing them every day? What are we actually experiencing? Anger, frustration, anxiety, panic attacks, sometimes depression. How about just being frustrated? There, there are so many elements in our society right now. Um, in many regards, we've lost our privacy because we're going to do a little panel discussion on some of this. I was kind of freaked out. The water filter on my fridge went out the other day. So I Googled, you know, what's the kind of replacement water filter? And then I go over to Amazon before I typed anything in. What do you think was waiting for me? An ad, a sponsored ad for that same water filter. I'm like, okay, that's freaking me out right? The pace of life has accelerated. It's crazy right now. The last number I saw is 72% of Americans are very concerned about the future. And as we're recording this, things are really starting to ramp up over there in Ukraine and Russia. And I mean, there's so many global events. There's so many domestic events. I bet that number is going to go up significantly. And in addition to that too, we, we are just bombarded with choice. Now, I think in Many ways that actually can sound like a good thing, but I think for a lot of us, it can be paralyzing. But I think the other thing, and I know this is for me, that has just amped this up, and that's just, what does God say? Cast your worries upon me, right? Jesus said, take my yoke. My yoke is light. But what do we tend to do? I can speak for myself, and that's worry, because I'm kind of a what-ifer, right? Hey, what if... I lose my job. What if COVID shuts me down again? What if my income goes away again? Because it happened twice, guys, over the last two years. And it's been rough. Hey, what if my health goes away? I was in the hospital. I was in ICU with COVID. My dad passed away during COVID. I mean, it is really easy to what if ourselves into a really dark place and take out the conversation with the Lord. And then what happens when I start worrying? I then start thinking about the worst case situation. Then I start worrying about the worst case situation, which now it gets worse. Can you guys feel like a little bit of the anxiety like start to creep in? Stopped breathing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So what does it look like when we fully are in relationship with the Lord and we do take his yoke upon us, that one that's light. What does it look like when the fruits of the spirit are just uh, define how we're living and going through the workplace, through our family time with our spouses, with our kids? What would it look like if we could truly live that life 
and live that life abundantly like Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. That's what we're here to talk about today. We have some amazing people. Johnny uh, Parker grew up in uh, Baltimore, African-American. You've had just, we, we talked very candidly. Guys, if you want to go back and listen, it's eternalleadership.com, and the episode is 387. Just an amazing, just about how do you really unlock and see that true identity inside yourself? Terry Lynn, with your background too, and from a woman's perspective, and I know we have a lot, half of our audience is women, and like, okay, yeah, like, man, there's different groups, and we have just different challenges to get to that place of peace and joy that God promises. Um, And Eric, you have worked with so many people, not only in the business community, but veterans. You understand people that have severe post-traumatic stress, depression, suicidal, actually everybody here on this panel has worked with people with some severe trauma. So how do we get about the healing? Now, I want to share with everybody this group here, and we've met and become friends because we're all part of something called Pinnacle Forum, right? And Eric, as we jump in, could you just share real quick what Pinnacle Forum is, what's the mission, and if people are interested at the front end here, how they could just get a little bit of information? Because for me, it has been literally the rock. They have become my band of brothers as I've gone through the last three years have been some of the most challenging times of my life. Yeah, thanks, John. Well, to borrow some language from my good friend, Johnny Parker, here on the podcast, Pinnacle Forum exists to be the backstage for front stage Christian leaders in business and government, education, arts and entertainment, uh, family, ministry. We have partners in 43 states and all of those high places of culture. But uh, all of them share a common need that they need to have some deep bonded relationships that will help keep them in the game for a lifetime of impact. Because yes, we want to impact the culture, but it's going to be done through God's people. But God's people will not accomplish the mission unless they have these, what the neuroscientists call joy bonded relationships that help them to thrive in every area of life. So in these once a week, 60 minute gatherings, most of them on Zoom, we are discussing the deepest vocational and personal challenges that we come across every week. So guess what? That kind of sharing produces deep intimacy, which produces the kind of love talked about in, I believe, First Peter, where we go beyond sincere love in obeying the truth to what God asks us to, which is have truly deep love, love one another deeply. And so you've got to go to the gym and love some people deeply if you're going to have uh, your pipes opened up, so to speak, to do that well consistently on the long term and whatever front stage God's given you in this season of life. So, yeah, and, and we're really uh, easy to, to learn about our pinnacleform.com. Uh, I would suggest just email me at eric.bence at pinnacleform.com. Uh, we'd be happy to get back to you and share a little bit more about how we help usher in that vitality and help to people that like you've experienced, John, and like all of us on this panel have. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll put links to all that for everybody in the show notes. If you go to eternalleadership.com, go to the podcast page and Tara Lynn, one of the things you, you know, when we started our conversation, you were talking about just, you know, some of the neuroscience and some of the research. All of us were talking about a book that we've read about the other half of church, which also kind of kicked off this conversation. By the way, folks, if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it because what it's talking about is why does some discipleship programs work and some fail? Or Said another way is if you guys have been out there and let's say coaching, mentoring, discipling, different groups of men and women, how come some people really respond to this work? And some people it's like, yeah, going to, after a while, I kind of just kind of check out here. I'm going to pass. And it answers the question because if we actually look at what Jesus did, he, there was kind of a left brain focus and a right brain focus and that being the deep relationship period, or I guess focus. And in that, a lot of what we do in leadership, in companies, in the church is very process-oriented. 
And in that process, the relationship piece kind of gets pushed to the side. But Terry Lynn, I, I'd love your thoughts. It's kind of like, what is your perspective or understanding on why just the level of trauma that people are reporting? I think it's 86% of Americans right now say they're stressed out at work. I saw another stat the other day that blew my mind. When I was in college, I don't remember anybody of my circle of friends at all ever going to therapy or counseling, right? And this was 38 years ago. So now, right, I'm 55. And the thing that was in psychology today that I just read is 45% of college students today um, have reported that, that they surveyed have gone to therapy or counseling for stress. So what do you think has led to this? Terry Lynn? Wow. That is a big question. Part of it is the culture that we live in. We're fast paced. Families live far, far apart from each other. The support structures that were in place and generations before us aren't there. Grandma's not the one that's watching the kids when the parents are gone. It looks very different. Work expectations are off the chart. People put in long hours. They feel isolated. They feel lonely. All of these things, God designed us for relationship. He designed us for community. And that is critical to our well-being. Eric talked about attachment and bonding. And if we don't have that, and we all are lacking that, then we begin in our bodies. This is where the neuroscience and the physiology of trauma comes in that I was talking about. And I, I shared with you, God designed us to thrive in a hostile world outside the garden. And the very system that he put in place, which is that we, you know, some adrenaline kicks in, all these different hormones and things kick in, you know, so that when the bears coming at us, we can fight it or run whatever we need to do. But, you know, our lifestyle day in, day in, out is kicking in those same chemicals and hormones. And so what I'm trying to say is that we, without realizing it, are living in a stressed state. It's in the way we breathe. It's in the way we hold our shoulders. It's in the way in which we're on guard all the time. We're watching the pressure, the stats about the people was uh, 86% report that workplace stress. Okay. That's all of us. And so how yeah, that other 14%, uh, Terry Lynn, they, they're not working. <laughs> exactly. They're heavily medicated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. So they're they, in Colorado so, and they have a medical uh, subscription. Um, you know, or, or maybe they're the fortunate ones that have really figured out how to walk in that uh, where you began with, where yeah. we're feeling that abundance and that peace and all that, that we read about in the scriptures and the beautiful part about the neuroscience and learning about the physiology is that that's what we were designed for. And we have an enemy who wants to kill, still and destroy. And I tell people he's hijacked the system God created to keep us safe and thrive. And we don't even realize that. So part of how do we get back to that place is really beginning to understand that we are, for lack of a better word, stressed out, dysregulated, and not functioning at our best in general. And to be able to become aware of that in ourselves. So to kind of wrap this up with a little bow of uh, what we talked about already is that one of the best places to find that peace and that rest and that connection is with other people, which is what Pinnacle Forum provides. And so that's why it's so powerful is because we yearn for that connection. We learned, we yearn to have trusted relationships. And that's part of what calms us and brings us back to that place of peace so we can go out and be in this hostile world and do the kingdom work God has called us to. Yeah, I love that. And Dr. Parker, I'd love for you to build on that. So folks, if you don't know, or if you, uh, I'd love for you to go back and listen to what Johnny had to say, but you know, you're the head of the men's ministry at First Baptist Church, but you do work with some of the highest performing people in our society. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington uh, football team, the Mystics. And you think of a professional athlete and the pressure that they're under to perform. My son was just down at a, he got a scholarship to play baseball in college. He's senior year of varsity. He's just down in Arizona. 
there's 38 professional scouts there. There's four professional athletes there. And he gets called in as the relief pitcher with uh, bases loaded, one out, and, and they're down by one run. And I would love to tell you the rest of the stories that he dominated and crushed it. No, you know what he did? The stress, he got so in his head that he walked the first two people and then um, hit by pitch. So he walked in basically three runs and he gets pulled. Yeah. And now he's in his totally in his head and he's devastated. The pressure in that moment as an 18 year old and that, that athletes have, it's a complete corollary though, to our roles as, as husbands and wives, mothers, fathers in business today with all the pressures that we have with very little information to be able to make decisions, to be strategic, to work my hardest some days to see people as the value of the person versus an either an object to either to get my work done or the, to see somebody as an object that is preventing me from success or getting work done. Right. So, you know, when I'm under this stress that Terry Lynn was talking about over time, what is happening inside? Because we are actually doing damage physically that people don't realize because it's invisible over time that we can address, but I'd love to get your thoughts on what happens when I'm, in that pressure cooker long enough. Yeah, well, that's a great uh, metaphor in terms of the story about your son and sports because athletes, and it's, well, it's funny, I just sent the text to two athletes that I'm working with. One is uh, one of my clients is Providence Basketball. This is the text, they're playing Kansas on Friday. And then another one of my clients is in uh, Italy. And I just sent them a text around this kind of thing. And one of the things is athletes don't play well when they're playing under anxiety. They don't perform well. So I coach them around centering breaths and performance statements, kind of mindset stuff. And so the same thing is true for us. We don't live well when we're living under stress, when we're living under anxiety. We don't live well. We cannot bring our best to what we say yes to when we are under stress. And so what happens is that the soul was not made for stress. The soul was not made for speed, for hurry for noise and busyness, activity. The soul was not made for that. So our bodies, trauma gets trapped in our bodies, grief gets trapped in our bodies, stress gets trapped in our bodies. And you, you're not going to pick this up on an MRI or, or, you know, this is spirit stuff. So what's important is being aware of that, having the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness and understanding that uh, as Eric shared about my message about the backstage, that the backstage is where God does his deepest work, his work of heart and soul in us. And he does it in three ways. He does it when we are really, really vulnerable and transparent with ourselves. And we're honest with ourselves as best as we can. And this is why David even prays, search me, O God, see the hurtful way in me and lead me in the way of life. And then the second thing is, is honesty with our father, Abba Father, and, and that transparency and that vulnerability. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. That level of vulnerability is needed for the soul to thrive and for the soul to flourish. And then the third one is what we do at Pinnacle Forum, is that vulnerability with a community of safe people. I call it giving an access pass to your backstage. You give an access pass to people who've earned the right to be in your backstage. And the deal is everyone doesn't get an access pass to your backstage. It's got to be people who've earned the right to be in your backstage. I say all the time that isolation kills life. Vulnerability heals life. Relationships and community builds life. Let me say it again. Isolation kills life. We weren't made for that. That's where the loneliness grows out of. That's my story. I've had that story for a long time. That's why pinnacle means what it means to me. Isolation kills life. Vulnerability heals life. Community, relationships build life. And a big part of my story and why pinnacle and I got involved in pinnacle on my front stage, I looked pretty successful but I wasn't enjoying it. I was fruitful doing things in the kingdom, but it wasn't enjoyable teaching. at Yeah, Dude, I can so relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I almost think of it as living under the tyranny of they, right? How how did they define success? How did they think I should show up? What do they think I should be doing? 
and I've met all these standards around yeah. me, like you're talking about. So from the outside in, like, dude, I should be like high fiving, but inside you just have this smoldering discontent, this anxiety, this like, man, I'm not doing what I meant to do. Does that sound familiar? Cause that's how I felt. Oh yeah. I felt some of that. I felt imposter syndrome. I felt, I felt shame. I felt a lot of stuff, but it got magnified and it, it worsened because I wasn't processing it with other people. I was talking about the importance of community, but I wasn't eating my own cooking. So it got exacerbated because those were real challenges that every man and woman faces at some point. But we were made to be a community and, you know, and, and that's why the scriptures have all these one another, serve one another, love one another, encourage one another. You can't know yourself, grow yourself by yourself. And that's what I was trying to do. I thought I'm good with God. I'm honest with myself. But you got to have all three. You got to have that vulnerability with God, self and other people. You sure do, because, um, you know, God says, you know, if you want healing, right, you have to share with others. It's this dependent event because he wants us to be in that kind of deep trusting relationship. My pastor, a good friend of mine, Keith Boyer, he did a sermon just on friendship, and he pointed out some things that kind of blew me away, and it uh, ties into something. Eric, you said recently, I think you said 20% of men have uh, at least one meaningful relationship. Yeah, 80% don't. 80% don't. So Keith did some research as he's looking at, you know, relationship in the body of Christ. And he said, you know, 30 years ago, just 30 years ago, right, when I was 25 years old, the average man had about eight meaningful relationships in their circle. The average woman was actually about nine. So today's numbers was the average person, somebody that I would consider a good friend, somebody that I can trust, it's only one to two. And, you know, a lot of these things, right, uh, the society, how we operate, I think COVID has just thrown a wet blanket on a lot of this. So it's accelerated this almost isolation. But Eric, you know what, when you think about that, as you've gone through your career and you've worked with so many leaders what have you seen in the difference of people that have a circle of healthy relationships and people that don't? Well, so many stories flood my mind. I'll just crack open, you know, I'll just break the fresh bread from last week. Uh, <laughs> okay. A, a leader in a big tech firm came back to his forum and he was all excited. He said, I got into this high stakes business discussion because we got the big call from the big, big guy upstairs. He said, normally that would throw me into emotional turmoil for a week just because of the elevation of status, regardless of the content of the, the conversation. Then he says, but guys, you guys must be praying because I returned back to a state of peace. Like almost immediately, this has never happened to me. Who's, who's the prayer warrior here? And I was like, Brother, our prayers avail much, no question. But this is directly because of the relationships you have in this forum. Because joy is indirectly regulated through our relationships. And so you mentioned earlier, John, um, the other half of church, and of course that's coming out of Life Model Works. We are uh, draw heavily from that community of practitioners of this. In fact, one of their higher-ups is a partner in one of my forums and become a dear, dear friend. This leader was able to return to joy because of the relationships in the forum. And we hear that story over and over. It's I have a personal testimony of that as well, where if you go back to the other half of church folks, their, their gold standard is return to joy in 90 seconds, regardless of the debilitating emotion you just experienced you know, shame, finger, anger, fear, disgust, or whatever. Well, that's a d better goal than 90 days. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, we see this over and over. And, you know, in the military, I have a whole parade of horror stories. In the ministry, I have a couple of uh, just jaw droppers of well, as well. People that uh, I'd drop their names and people would recognize them on the podcast and I won't. 
And it was isolation. It was they did not have a sisterhood or a brotherhood. They did not have a place to go to process the really deep challenges they're going through. And it's a bit indirect in its effect. It isn't like you immediately feel something in your brain, but the fact is your relationship center, which is in the right side of your brain, is asking the same question six times a second, which is who am I and what are my people doing to the situation I'm in right now? And that's answered by three faces, typically, and just, you know, six times a second, constantly. So who are those faces? They're the people that you're bonded to. And so if you don't have that, um, you're operating in a void, and that's where the downhill slide starts. And, uh, you know, I don't have time to tell you. I, I've had, we had a general committed suicide. Uh, I've had summary firings. I've had, you know, all kinds of uh, just epic events where, where folks, and now I didn't know then what I know now, but it's like, wow, if they would have had what you have, John, in your forum, I believe a majority of these catastrophes would not have happened. That sounds simplistic, but the Bible is super clear. And Johnny mentioned it. All these love one another, serve one another. And when in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, when it talks about the gifts, it says everybody brings one and it says all of them must be done for this to function. And that's one thing about a forum is everybody freely gives, freely receives. And I'll end with this, just the simple act of you telling your story to empathic listener, not just some stranger on the street, somebody who's built relational equity with you, loves you unconditionally. There's entire circuits in your brain that only activate when that happens. When you tell your story to empathic listener, those are roads untraveled for the rest of your life unless you have this. So this is tremendously important stuff, but I love seeing the fruit of it. I love experiencing it. And um, yeah, privilege. And I have to share this too, because not only are we sharing some of those things at whatever level of trust is you build trust in your group, but here's what happens though is every forum, we're going to be like, okay, you know what, Terry Lynn, how can we pray for you specifically? And maybe I haven't even shared something because it's really something, because we all have this, right? It's associated with some level of shame or guilt or fear or embarrassment. And I'm working on it. But if I can go to a group of folks and say, you know what, guys, just help me that today I make good choices. How about that? Can you guys just be in prayer and imagine having a group of men or women that get you that they're like, without judgment, just say, you know what? I'm going to be praying for that for you all day today and tomorrow and the next day. And you have a group that's just, you know, all of a sudden you can go back and report, guys, you know what? This week was better than last week. Or guess what? I totally screwed up this week, but I know you guys have my back. Because I, I do want to share something, Eric, with what you brought up, because you know what? We have to, as believers, have soul care. We have to have self-care. Look, two quick points. God formed the whole world, right? Like he did, like created all this stuff that we get to see, creation. And on the seventh day, God rested. Can I ask a question? Was God tired? No. God. Does God get tired? Why did he say that he rested? And then why did he, in the Ten Commandments, like, hey, don't kill, don't murder, don't lie, don't steal, and, by the way, keep the Sabbath? He put it up there with the Big Ten. I, I mean, I would personally love if God actually designed us where we didn't have to sleep. And I could be so much more productive. That is my entrepreneurial brain, like, going, Lord, well, come on, like, give me that gift. Rest is so important. And I'll just share something. What I've known, because I've made it, it was a commitment to myself and to the Lord this year in 22 to honor the Sabbath. Because before on the weekends, you know what I do? I'd call Saturday my day off. And it was really easy for me to sneak in and do a little bit of email, catch up on stuff from Friday, and then Sunday, get ready for the week ahead. And then I never actually really did three different things. Number one, to rest, to physically just have some downtime, to number two, to restore and reconnect to God, to really worship. Just going to church for that hour, it needed to be more than that. I needed time to abide 
And guess what? I needed some time to have some fun and recreate and get outside and do something with my wife and my kids. And that's what, if you remember, you know, in the old time, right? They work six days a week. That seventh day was when, so I have now from, you know, Friday night to Saturday night, I put my computer in my, in my upstairs in my guest bedroom. So I'm not tempted and trust me, I'm tempted, but we need rest. We have to slow down and able to really, I think, do our full potential and, and get to a healthy place during the week. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, like, what do you, what are you telling other leaders when it comes to, Hey, you know what? Rest isn't just a luxury. Rest truly is a necessity. It uh, rest is where our brain refuels, where it processes what's happened during the day. And if we don't sleep and if we don't rest and we don't take that quiet time, our, our body does not have a chance. I talk about body parts so much in this doesn't have a chance to actually truly come back to a calm state. It's our renewing and uh, it's, it's what allows us to go and get the next week done and done efficiently. And so um, it is a gift that God has given us to be cherished. And I love the way you have made it a priority. I'm thinking to myself, boy, I should go hide the computer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll call you on Saturday. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, anyhow, because that's wisdom yeah. and it's the right way to think. And it's how we all need to, to think about Sabbath. That's the first step, I think, in really. Um, bringing back some calmness in our life and the critical piece. And we've talked about it so much is relationship is everything. And um, I'd like to share that, you know, I think about my form and I was battling cancer when I got engaged in my form. And it was one of uh, women's early on ones. And that day was like, is when I got to connect with people because I felt kind of isolated. So I got to savor the value of the actual connecting with people mm -hmm. in a way that was extra special. And it takes time. I didn't know any of these women mm -hmm. when we first started meeting, not a one of them, you know, but over time you earn the right, you know, you have that person who's transparent and authentic and shares from the soul and it gives you some courage and you realize it or they've been praying for you and it's working like that issue you were having with your cancer that was looking a little scary, you know, <laughs> hallelujah, you know, best scenario. I felt like I was saying that all the time, best scenario, best scenario, best scenario in that um, long battle. And so it is a priceless gift. Like I said, Sabbath is a priceless gift to have a community, to have a forum, to have that place to be who you truly are. Johnny calls it the backstage, who you truly are, is so important. And when we talk about trauma and neuroscience and what that looks like and all of that, these are the solutions to moving forward in a healthier, more vibrant way in which we can truly transform culture and have that kingdom impact that we seek to have. I want to add, uh, I like what you said about the what you've been saying, John, and what you just said about the the rest, because obviously we need the physical rest and that's important. And John, to your point, what God models, we are to follow. God modeled rest, God modeled reflection and God modeled uh, centering. And so part of it, I think, is we have to move from the language of life work balance, because that's a misnomer and it doesn't work, to life work rhythm. Because that's what God models. That's what Jesus models. They model rhythm. The sun has a rhythm. The seasons have a rhythm. The ocean has a rhythm. And God has a rhythm. And so every day uh, when God would do his front stage work, he would reflect on his work and he saw that it was good. I teach positive psychology at Johns Hopkins and we get into the neuropsychology and the positive psychology. And one of the things we talk a lot about is the power of reflection, the power of savoring. Research shows that when we spend 12 to 15 minutes a day just reflecting, we increase productivity up to 24, 25%. Just spending time reflecting. Whatever God models, that's what we are to follow. That's what we see modeled and we see refreshing. It says in Luke 5, 16, that Jesus often would withdraw to a quiet place. After he would do his work and he was productive and fruitful, he would often go to the mountains or to the water. We need that. We call it self-care. 
And then we need recentering. That's the third thing in terms of reflection, in terms of life work rhythm. Uh, we need regular time to come back to the center and remember, as Revelations 2, 4, and 5 says, Jesus as our first love. Abide in me, I in you, you bear much fruit. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, and that we abide in his love. And so we really need to uh, use the language of life-work rhythm above life-work balance. I agree. Yeah, and you said, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a day of reflecting. What would that look like if I was going to say, okay, I'm going to have some reflection time, Johnny? Simple, one of the simple things that I do and I coach people to do, John, around that and Terrell and Eric is keep getting out a journal and writing down what am I grateful for and what am I discovering about what happened yesterday or what happened last week? What am I discovering or what am I reminded of? Okay. And again, it's funny because I just gave this to uh, one of my athletes and I'm coaching. I want you to reflect on what happened on Saturday's game. They blew out Richmond you know, in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, I want you to reflect and I, and all I want you to do, and this is what we want. Bear Brian did this for all the great coaches. You only show them them at their best. You don't show them where they made all the mistakes. You show them at their best. And, and so you want to, so the same is true for us. You want to go over when was I at my best or what am I grateful for in a given day? And then you write down, what am I discovering about leadership, about being a dad, a husband, a friend, a leader. And that's where you spend the time reflecting. And it's important when you do it pen to paper because writing things down slows us down, okay? And, uh, and we can think and it engages the brain in a very different way if you try to do it on your phone versus doing it pen to paper. So I got, you know, another habit I've added this year because this was at the prompting of my coach, Tommy Breedlove. But I do this every day, and I, I think this would fit in your reflection category. And the first one is gratitude. Yeah. But one of the things, though, that I did that's different, though, it's not just, hey, I'm grateful, like, for this call and these amazing people. I'm also putting at least half of the stuff in there, like, you know what? Thank you. I'm grateful that yesterday you loved Donna fully. I'm grateful for things that I did. I'm trying to, this is something I, I brought in like personally. Hey, I'm grateful that you took time out last week and honored your Sabbath. Like you, you, you were all in. I'm grateful, right? And then, hey, I'm grateful for God and guidance each day. And then the next thing I get is into some affirmations. Nice. And then I get into intentions. And I'm gonna say, you know what? Like today, like I'm really trying to get fit. I mean, after the accident and 10 years of all these surgeries, I'm just not in the shape I need to be. And my intention has gone from, hey, I'm careful about what I eat. And then I realized, you know what, I'll go have that. I'll cheat and have a chocolate donut. Because I'm like, you know what, I deserve that. But now I've actually made it as I'm writing it down. I only put in my body what's going to help me give to my optimal fitness. And here's why that's important, right? And that all of a sudden, when the donut's there, it's pretty... I don't even think about it now, but that reflection time and having God guide that for me. And then I got to tell you also, that's also highlighted the areas where I need to work and having a forum, you know, it's easy when somebody asks, Hey, how can I pray for you? Say, well, you know what? My sister, like, Hey, my good friend, she's, you know, battling cancer or my, my daughter, right. She's having this problem. But when people say, how can I pray? You know, I will pray for that, but how can I pray for you? And when we get to that place, now we're kind of getting real. And I love the fact that every week I know that my group, we, we pray, we, we get to share, how can this group pray for me personally? And that's when the good stuff comes out. That's when God um, shines a spotlight on the amazing things that we've done, the progress that we've made, the gaps that need to be closed because think about this, in a lot of these places, we need wisdom. And where is it? Is it in James when it says, ask for wisdom? Yeah. James yeah, chapter in, one. Yeah. Yeah. James chapter one. It says, you know what? Like, how do we get why? Like, we're also stuck, right? We have this uncertainty. We're what ifing. Like, how do we do all these things? How do we get better? And God just says, just ask. Ask for wisdom because I give to all liberally without criticizing or condemning. Think about that. God loves you so much. And 
I have a group in our forum that love me so much that I can ask for wisdom and insight and the prophetic and prayer for me. Even when I had COVID and I couldn't get out of bed, I didn't miss my forum time because I, even though I couldn't talk because I was on oxygen and I'd lot my, I had full on pneumonia. I still made my forum because that relationship time with me was just so valuable. I'm not going to miss it. So to coin a phrase, John, would you say you experienced relational rest in your forum? I, yeah, I would say for me, if you know, you're looking at those things that fill your tank and those things that drain your tank. And I'm kind of, I guess, what's that omnivert? Like I'm half extra and half in, I, I can be out and be, you know, out in public, but I have to have that quiet time alone to recharge the battery. But every time I'm with my forum, which is very highly relational, but it fills my tank. And I know some guys in our forums that are extreme introverts, right? They're not constantly in the conversation, right? They're hanging back. And I know it fills their tank too. Universally. How about you guys? You guys are all in forums. Is there anybody have a different experience? Well, well, you know, I've never used the term before today, relational rest, but you know, we build up the relational equity often that I never feel like I have to gear up before I step in to my forum with Johnny. I'm like, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe with my brothers and be the real authentic me. But the vulnerability thing came up earlier with Tara Lynn. We find people are so starved for what we're talking about here that in the last four forums that I've launched, three people are deep sobbing, crying on the very first meeting that a bunch of strangers in a forum and they're deep sobbing, crying because they are going ahead in their spirit with their minds will catch up later, but they realize I have rest here. This one just gives me chills. This guy, high, high impact leader from Texas in multiple domains, absolute bullhorn for Jesus wherever he goes. Just love the guy. Tragically lost his wife a year and a half ago. People surrounded him, John. It, it wasn't like he was battling this alone. It was, it was a quick, sudden death, left a 16-year-old daughter. He showed up at the forum and just started deep sobbing. He said, I've never, this is the first time I've felt support since that event. There's something about meeting people in the place of their deep need in confidential community that triggers this. And it's almost got to, I don't do it, but I've been tempted. On the first meeting of a new forum, I'm like, I know this seems weird, guys. I just want to prepare you. It doesn't seem awkward. Somebody's probably going to really deep cry here within the next 60 minutes. Do not be alarmed. It's normal. I don't do it. I just let it happen. But I, I really feel God saying, no, I have those places for you for of refreshment, of renewal, of connection, and where you can be vulnerable. And, and as, you know, Johnny and Tara Lynn stayed so eloquently, we desperately need. You know, it's creating safe space. Yeah. And a man's not going to come in and do that, or a woman for that matter, and weep on that level unless they feel profoundly safe with the people that are around them. And so um, it's just as a reminder again that relationships truly matter. We need them so that we can have that deep cry or we can celebrate and like woohoo it because God has just done this amazing thing in our lives. We need both. We need the space for both. And again, relationships take time. You just don't, you know, these gentlemen that walked in, what they walked into was a place where they knew they could sense it in their soul. This is a safe place. I'm finally safe. That space was created by other men before they came in. So when you start in a new group um, and maybe it's all new people, it takes time to develop that. But that is the end product of showing up, being present, loving on one another and accepting each other where we are in our imperfect, messy, chaotic, overworked, overwhelmed lives. That's the gift we can give each other. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, folks, everybody listening, right? We started out talking about, right, stress and trauma and all this stuff that's just pushing us down. And you can see that everybody here 
Are we promoting pinnacle form? Absolutely. Because every single person here, the blessings that God has poured in our life through the relational capital, through the time, through the deep friendships. I have 11 men in my forum and we now get together. We do it all through Zoom and we get together in person twice a year. And we have some people that they're not local and they fly in. They've literally over the last three years become my best friends. It's amazing. Uh, one of them spent the night with me last night and we were up till way past my bedtime. We were up to almost midnight talking. I, I didn't want to go to bed. But now in that, I, I want to maybe ask a question before we wrap up. What are some of those things that make it hard to find communities like this? If you're not in something like a pinnacle forum, I think you need to find something. We can't be that person alone because you know where I got in trouble leading up to my accident. You guys have all heard my story out there. If you've been listening for a while, that place of just smoldering discontent, I was miserable and I didn't have those close relationships that I trust because when you get yourself in a jam, what I knew was actually what I didn't know at the time is I thought this is my ego and arrogance that I had the ability to get myself out of the jam on my own. Right. I just thought, you know what? I must be good enough now. And I'd love to ask the questions, you know, especially uh, Dr. Parker and Terry Lynn. Is there anything unique we can have you guys go? I think to maybe your background and your experience, you know, as a as a woman coming up through the business ranks in government and business. And, you know, uh, Johnny is an African-American looking for these communities of people that maybe understand some of, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, who you want to be, your goals. Is there, hopefully it's okay to ask that question, but I'm guessing there's a lot of people listening. They're like, well, yeah, but I don't know if it would really be a good fit for me, given who I am. Does that make sense? Sure. sure. I love your thoughts on that. Obviously the obvious one is the fear factor mm -hmm. that if I show you me and you reject me, that's all I have. Right. So if I really, that's probably happened before to you, right? Exactly. So there, there there's the, the, the fear factor, the rejection factor. If I show you me and that's all I have, the fear that if I, if I'm this transparent, will you betray me? As you mentioned, as an African-American, I've had to all my life <laughs> when I've gone to and gone into a group that's well, even if it's all African-American, it's still just because it's not the assumption because we're all the same race that there's safety here either. But when I go into a diverse group, then then there's another layer. OK, will I be with they'll be OK with me? Can I talk about the, the, the unique pressures of being African-American and just simple things like I, you know, just raising sons and having to tell a son he couldn't dress a certain way for where he was going to do work because people see his fun state. They don't know. They don't see his heart and can be, he can be misunderstood. And that's unique pressure that that brown and black men and families wrestle with. That's unique. That's unique. And, and so how do I wrestle? You know, so th those are some of the things. And, and think I'm grateful that I've been in a group of guys who haven't had my experience, unique experience, obviously as African-American, but they, there was empathy. And we can give that to everyone. That is a gift that everyone, you may not have my experience, but you're willing to get in the hole and stay with me and sit with me as Job's friends. Don't have to say anything, but just the gift of your presence, that transcends race, that transcends politics, that transcends religion. That's just me loving you as a human being. And that's a beautiful thing. And guess what? Anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. So what advice would you have for folks out there going, can I really find a group that would really would accept me when I haven't really found a lot of groups like that in the past? Like, just give it a go. I want to have more people come into relationship, whether it's pinnacle or otherwise, but any final thoughts on that, Johnny, before we have Terry Lynn? Kind of I'll defer to Terry Lynn. I'll let Terry Lynn. Uh. <laughs> All right, Terry Lynn, go ahead. Oh, that's because I think there's some unique challenges to women in the marketplace. We've had a lot of women on the podcast. Here's my observation: is finding those trusting relationships feel very few and far between. Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah, that is true. The question that you asked about how do you you know how do you find it? There has to be intentionality about this group of individuals that are connecting. That's what Pinnacle Forum offers is the intentionality of this is 
who we are, you know, this is what we're, our goal is, is transforming leaders who transform culture. This is what it looks like. And we're creating safe space to really be authentic and who you are and that you can have that kingdom impact because you're not held back by um, some of those struggles that we face. So if it's not pinnacle form and it's something else, then you're looking for, and I think Johnny said it the best, empathy, empathy, that you're in a group of people that are agreeing to accept you as you are. The good days, the bad days, that it's not performance-based. It's a place to be safe and to create that safety. There are places or create it. <laughs> if it's not there, invite some friends in and say, we need a safe space. You know, <laughs> like, can we just promise to be who we are and not judge each other and have some empathy and pray for each other? I mean, you can be creative, but I just think that there's some critical pieces to it, that there needs to be a regularity to it, that if people are, are showing up for each other and praying for another and, and choosing to be empathetic and kind. So that's my answer to that really hard question, because we've all been hurt really bad. We've all trusted someone and they betrayed us. And so when we give of our trust to another person, we are exposing ourselves to risk. And so when a group of women or men get together and they do that, that's priceless. That is holy. That is sacred ground. And, uh, and that's what we yearn for. As far as for women in the marketplace or wherever that is that they're placed, uh, for me, I never had some of those really challenging experiences that women have had, in all honesty, but I've met the women who have and seen how they've been hurt. For me, I would be in a room of all guys, my whole life only had brothers mostly all uncles, I only had sons. And I'm like, must I always be the only woman in the room? <laughs> like, you know, are you kidding me? Here you are now, the only woman in the room. <laughs> it's just my storyline. You know? I'd be like, where are the women? I need some women in my life. And so it's that's been my again. <laughs> <laughs> and so the form for me is just some women who care deeply about what I care about. It's so... I feel like I've gone off track. I got distracted by my story about just being a woman of all men. Oh, that's right. Back to women. <laughs> like, so. Anyway, my yearning was where are these other women who care for the things I care about, who want to see kingdom impact, who want to transform culture. That was part of the stuff I was doing, city transformation and the nonprofit sector with, with the faith community. And um, where are they? And I heard about Pinnacle Forum I don't know, 10 plus years ago when I was running a nonprofit organization doing a massive event. Anyway, I loved the mission and vision of what they were doing from that very moment. I loved that there was cross sector, not it wasn't just a business group or it's just faith people. Like it was like everybody was together, which we're better together. That's when we see true impact happen. And here was an organization that was saying, we are these spheres or mountains of influence, we want to have impact and we're going to connect and we're going to build relationship. We're going to support one another and we are going to make a difference. So that was what I was looking for as a woman out there trying to change the world was just where are the other women and pinnacle form is where I found them. Yeah. That's, yeah I got to tell you uh, something I've loved about ours is just God keeps expanding our thinking, our dreams, showing us uh, expanded possibilities around our calling and who we are. And that, man, that journey has been a blast. And, you know, as we kind of wrap up here and land the plane uh, a little bit, I'd love to just go around the room and maybe he's just been kind of hearing the conversation. What does Holy Spirit put on your heart to maybe just as a, a final thought for everybody listening? And let's start with Eric and then I'll go to you. Dr. Parker, and then we'll end with uh, Terry Lynn. Well, I'll, I'll just end with this. I had a much more boutique-y idea of what hanging out would look like with fellow leaders. And I've come to learn through repeated blunt force training by the Lord that there really is something to loving the one you're with. Just love that person really well. And I tell you what, I, I put forms together. I've got one where I've got the CFO of a major global corporation 
in community with a guy who runs a construction crew of two. But it's not just span of influence, which is legit. And you do have to take these things into consideration. And I would say to the person that doesn't have anybody, find one person and be intentional and engage with Holy Spirit. He will lead you to that place of rest. But we also look at character and we look at spiritual gravitas and we look at emotional intelligence. And so, you know, you got may have somebody that's huge span of influence, but they need to be around some super high quality people. You know, when I was raising my boys, I was like, I'm going to get them in proximity to the best guys I know in these certain areas of life. I listed them and I got them close to them. So just get close to people, start relating to someone, you know, we're for leaders, but it's for everybody. Uh, We have a place for young leaders as well. That hasn't been mentioned today. We have amazing testimonies of leaders in their 20s who are just being turned upside down for Jesus by being in a forum and uh, just seek out somebody to start. And God will start that path that you just talked about. You'll be surprised. He's so creative and artful and and the hidden quiet person uh, will suddenly become one of the most significant relationships in your life and a source of life and love and wisdom. And I see this happen over and over. God's really, really good at this. And uh, so that, that, that would be some of my closing thoughts. I love that. Johnny? Yeah, well, no man or woman dreams of living an average life. No one gets up in the morning thinking, oh, how can I be average today? They want something, right? And so there are three questions that I have to ask myself every day that I coach people to ask themselves. And the three questions are, who am I? That's my identity. Uh, what do I want? I want impact. I, I don't want an average life. I want impact for the glory of God. Why do I want it? That's intent. And and so, again, no man or woman dreams of living an average life. On their front stage, they want to make a mark. They want to have impact. They want to give themselves something greater, bigger than what than, than, than themselves. But here's the deal. The higher you go, the deeper you got to go. If you're going to go high and have great impact, then you got to go deep in terms of your backstage. And I found that the more demanding my front stage, the more that I'm called to impact the front stage, of life in people's lives and, and who I'm called to serve or where I'm called to serve, you and I have to go deeper on the backstage and you cannot sustain front stage success and impact if you don't have backstage health and wellness. And that backstage, as Eric said, that's what Pinnacle shines there in being that backstage for men and women to really allow Jesus, the author, to write the story that they were born to tell. I love that. The higher you want to go, the deeper you have to go. You know, as you were saying that, I had this vision, you know, in Psalm 23, the Lord, you know, he says, he leadeth me in lush meadows. And I had a picture right then of like this big, massive oak tree that was just majestic. But if anybody knows about this oak tree, its root system is almost mirrors how what you see visually. And I love what you said. If you want to be this presence in partnership with the Father, in where you've been called, not only are you going to have to be completely connected to the divine, but you're going to have to have that backstage. Love that. What a visual. I'm going to be uh, abiding into that concept, Johnny. There's something there that, that was for me. I really appreciate that. Terry Lynn, go ahead. You know, I've been praying, Lord, what do you want me to share and say? And um I love what Eric has shared and Johnny has said, and God just keeps uh, speaking to my heart to speak to the individual that's listening to this today, that one person out there in your journey, whatever that looks like, if you are struggling in life right now, if you are feeling broken and overwhelmed, if you really want to lead and lead well, and everything is just coming against you, I want you to know that God is bigger and that you are going to be okay, and that you do have a future, and that he does have a relationship for you if you feel isolated, to be willing to ask someone to say, hey, I feel really alone. Maybe you do too. And, and can we connect? Can we go have coffee? And trust God to lead you to that relationship that you need so much. 
And I always want to say, you know, we, we listen to things. Okay. I'll talk for myself. I listen to podcasts like this and I'm like, those people sound so like whatever, you know, and I'll never get there. And I get all discouraged and, you know, we just all have struggle. We truly do. And if you knew my story from where I was to where God has me now, it would give you such hope that it doesn't matter. He takes us and he brings us to fresh pastures and beautiful things. And so I, I just have a tender heart for those who are really struggling and feel very broken. It's going to be okay. And God has a relationship out there for you. And you can always check in <laughs> and look at the Pinnacle Forum website and see if maybe that's what it is. I don't know. We don't know. We're not pushing that on you. I just want you to know you're going to be okay. Oh, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful landing. That was not a Navy landing. That was like this Air Force landing. They just, just buttery. Love that. <laughs> and let's head for the golf course. Yeah, that's right. So folks, if you are interested in being part of a forum, you can go to Pinnacle. It's P-I-N-N-A-C-L-E forum.com. You can also email Eric, eric.bents, B-E-N-T-S at pinnacleforum.com. Terry Lynn is also the had a, a director of all the women's forums. So there's some really just great groups. Terry Lynn, thank you for how you closed this. Uh, you know what? I feel like there's people listening right now that really are hurting. Maybe they're kind of on that last kind of on the last rung of the ladder. And would one of you be willing to just pray for those that are listening that maybe are just, they're really in one of the most challenging seasons they've ever been in? Eric, would you be open to doing that? You're an amazing prayer warrior. Well, I think of the uh, repeated stories, especially in the Old Testament, where the patriarch would present themselves to God and say, here I am and the people you gave me. Lord, we thank you that one of the greatest gifts you give us is friends. Mm. Uh, we thank you for your how you demonstrated through your son Jesus that Yes, our earthly father and mother are important, but there's a circle even beyond that, and that's our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we lament that so many in the body of Christ do not experience that reality at a deep, deep level. Lord, we repent that we've presented a version of your church, of your ecclesia that falls short of what you repeatedly say in the New Testament, to love one another deeply as we should, to consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds when we come together, to serve one another, to honor one another, to value every part of the body. And Lord, just in, in COVID exacerbated it, but Lord, we, we, we repent of a lifestyle that has been isolationist and catered to convenience and avoided even some of the pain that comes with loving people well. Lord, it's so hard to start. But Lord, what I find is so much, just like in prayer and everything else, if we will take that first step, uh, we will find that door swings open a lot easier than we think. And that if we lead with humble hearts, and initiate that there is just thousands of people that are longing for just someone to listen deeply to their story, and they are more than happy to listen to ours. And Lord, it all starts there. Lord, we know many have trust issues. Many have been hurt. We ask that the, the love of Christ that forgives easily and 70 times seven would be their portion and that they would Take some risks, wise risks. Lord, we know that this is your will, so you've already put these things in motion well ahead of us, and we just need to pierce the veil, so to speak, and just peek and just start moving. So I just pray for everyone listening that you would uh, put specific names in their hearts and in their minds, and that they would uh, start this process. Whether it involves Pinnacle or not, Lord, I, Lord, we're just one tiny something of, I think of what's coming as a movement in the body of Christ. And Lord, I believe that there's going to be a third great awakening 
that it's going to look a lot like this. So, Lord, let it be. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this and in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you guys for your time and everybody listening. Thank you for just being part of eternal leadership. And I'm guessing as you listened, you thought of one person who came to mind. And you know what? Right now, as you're thinking about it, take action, forward this to them, let them hear this message, the incredible things that this group shared, be an encouragement. And you know what? You, You never know sometimes that one person that God puts on your heart and you're the one that reaches out because this has happened to me. And they say, you know what? I was going to do something really bad today. I mean, I'm talking destructive. But it was that one person. I've heard this as I've worked with a lot of veterans uh, who've been suicidal. Said so that one person who showed me kindness, who reached out, who thought of me was the one thing that helped me hold on. Or maybe somebody's making just a huge decision today. And you might give them the encouragement to uh, have the courage to do what they need to do next when it's going to be hard. So um, I I love you guys. I love this audience. Thank you, Johnny, Eric, Terry Lynn. This this was awesome. I'd love to have you back. We could, we could just start doing panels from now on because this is a lot of fun. So anyway, um, keep knocking them alive out there, my friends. And I look forward to the next conversation and please share any feedback. Let me know any thoughts that you have, anything we can do to serve you forward, anything we can do to help you. Just reach out to me personally and you have my word. I'll get back to you. All right. See y'all.